Welcome to Make the Leap. On this episode, host George Grayab is joined by Rochelle Hoskins. Rochelle is both a part-time instructor at Ross as well as the vocational program coordinator at Bronson Healthcare in Kalamazoo. She graduated with her medical assisting degree from Grand Rapids Education Center and more recently from Western Michigan University with a degree in interdisciplinary studies and a minor in drug addiction studies. Rochelle is a mother of four, passionate lifelong learner, and a strong advocate and supporter of Ross students. Kind of the best way you can give us a little bit of a bio. Okay, so I am wow, bio. So let me go way back. <laughs> uh, so I attended medical assisting school back in when I age myself, and it was at least twenty four years ago. Um, and I went to MA school because I needed a. I needed a career. Um, I had a, a little one. And, and I needed to to do something. And for me, I always loved the medical field um, because from where I come from, my family, they didn't trust doctors so much. So it was always something that they were trying to make themselves, you know, some salve, some, you know, drink a little of this when you're sick, take a little of that. So they never really went to the doctor. So it always, I was always like baffled behind the like, I know I go to the doctor. There are doctors. Why are we? making all these pastes and syrups and uh, but then as I got older they just didn't their trust they did just didn't trust going into the to the um to the doctor's office or to the hospital so I said I wanted to um one day be able to help them just see it from a doctor's perspective or, you know, maybe someone that looked like them in the field. Um, so I was just, that was just in the back of my head, like one day I'm going to do this one day I'm going to do this. And then I got kind of pushed into it quickly because it was something that I could do quickly. I'm like, I could be a medical assistant in nine months. Like, let me do this. Um, and as I went through school, I loved it more and more. I'm like, Oh, I love this. I just, I think it, you know, you are just such a big help to the, the provider and just to the office. So I went to school and I worked as a medical assistant for about maybe seven, eight, about nine years. And I wanted to go back to school. I said, oh, I want to go back to school. I want to get my degree. And then I had an opportunity to teach. Someone that I knew worked at Ross and said, hey, if you come and teach here, you can, you know, your schedule will be flexible. You can go to school, you can teach, and you can, you know, you've had, you have that experience in the field now, so you can come over and, and just, you know, give the students your perspective of being in the field. So that's what I did. I left my job at Bronson. I, as being a medical assistant, um, I came and worked at Ross and was a part-time instructor, and I fell in love with it because all of those minds, all of those students were so curious of what happens, how, how doctors are like, how do I fit in? I'm going to work with a doctor. I'm going to work. Who am I going to work with? So they were so interested. And I just felt like there were so many medical assistants I saw in the field that didn't really do things the book way. You know how you get in the field, you get comfortable, you just do things kind of. And I wanted to go back to that. This is how we do things. This is how things are supposed to be done. This is what the doctor is going to expect from you. This is what your provider is going to expect from you. So I loved it. I fell in love with it. Um, and I taught for 13 years before I went back to Bronson um, 
to, I got an opportunity to help um, with their internal medical system program. So I went back to Bronson and as I'm working at Bronson um, with the medical assistants there, I'm also working with Ross with those medical assistants because we're not in direct competition. We want, we still, we want medical assistance from Ross. So I keep that um, relationship together as well. Me from Bronson and I can, whenever the students have any questions about Bronson, they ask me, I have something called the Bronson corner at Ross. So they know Mondays and Wednesdays when I'm there, they can ask me questions. They can, you know, we can talk about what's needed, what they need, what practice they may fit in. So, um, so that takes me, brings me to today. I'm working at Ross and I've been at, been back at Bronson for two years. Um, and I'm still, you know, working, at Ross with the students, um, actually working at um, helping with some KBCC stuff as well. So, but yeah, so I love to teach. I just think that um, they need someone who is currently in the field and currently still seeing things because things change all the time. There's always changes. And I want, it's, it's important for the students to see what changes have come instead of getting out in the field and your instructor hasn't been out in the field in years and they don't know what's changed. So I think that's important as well. And I know that's something that um, Ross thinks is very important to keep their instructors in the field. Yeah. So Rochelle, are you born and raised in Kalamazoo? Yes. Born and okay. raised. Born. And, I'm sorry, I guess I skipped over that. But yes, yeah, born and raised in Kalamazoo. Um, okay. Went to Kalamazoo Central. was a giant. Okay. Um, yep. And I'm still here, never left. Um, I have um, four children. I have um, my two oldest graduated. Well, my daughter graduated from Ferris State, went to Western, got a second degree there. Um, She lives here in town with her husband and little one. And then I have a son who graduated from Western, um, who is now um, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, using his business degree. And I have my youngest son, who is um, at Western, um, figuring it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's a nice part. Um, Where where did you do your MA, your medical assisting? I did my MA, and this this place isn't even around anymore, but it was Grand Rapids Educational Center. That's right. That's where I started. Oh, okay. Which turned into Olympia and... Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, the yeah. Grand Rapids Education Center is, is was on West Main in Kalamazoo. And that's where yeah. I started. Yeah, that was my beginning. Uh, I came from the traditional nonprofit to it was owned by a family. The family sold it to a big company that renamed it to Olympia, Everest and whatever. Yep. Yep. You know, unfortunately, yep. it went away uh, <laughs> over time. Uh, and then what did you get your degree in? Western. So, um, yep, I have a, a degree in interdisciplinary studies okay. um, and I have a, a minor in um, drug addiction studies. Okay. Um, Western and I've graduated. Uh, it's been just about two years, about a year and a half ago. Oh, congrats. And what's, what's your current position? Like, what's your title at Bronson? So my title is um, vocational program coordinator. which looks at vocational programs that we can bring into the agency. What can we teach in-house for our employees that are here that want to ladder, that want to ladder up? What can, how can we help them um, move into positions that they want, want to move into when they can't afford to go to Western or, you know, they can't do financial aid. So what can we help them do? Um, So we are just figuring out what it is, what, what their needs are. What do they want to do? Mm -hmm. 
we, we did a similar podcast a couple of days ago with a different hospital out of Indiana, and they have something similar. I think uh, they called it the step-up program. Oh, um, okay. That they they will fund X amount of money to send the, the staff to a school to get vocational training uh-huh. uh, while they work at the hospital. This way they can get paid while they're getting trained and get paid uh, while they're doing hospital work and then transition into, you know, an MA or or patient care tech or whatever they decided to do. So I'm sure part of that is also driven by the high need, uh, the amount of need that exists for MAs and uh, entry-level healthcare professional. Um, Rochelle, talk a little bit about the non-career journey. Talk about your life story. Uh, You know, what are hurdles, things you've had to overcome, things you've had to kind of um, navigate through that you think our students would benefit from hearing? Um, being a, a young mom, being a teenage mom, um, and trying to, this is new, you're young, you're still being raised by your parents, and now here you have a little one. What do you do? Because your parents aren't going to take full responsibility for this this little one. So what are you going to do? So that was, that was a little difficult trying to figure out what to do, how to navigate through being a young mom having young kids and um and that was hard that was hard because you don't know you don't know what to do you don't know what to say I'm sorry bye bye have a good okay. one um you don't know what to do you don't know what to say you don't know because there's no handbook about being a parent so that was like a barrier for me and now I want to go to school but how can I go to school I I, I want to go to college but I have this little one. So that that's hard to try to figure out child care and all of these these barriers that you have up as a new parent and you have no idea how to navigate and and figure it out. So I think a lot of our students are young moms and young dads and single parents and they don't know what to do next. Um, having, you know, growing up in a, a single um, parent household, my mother worked a lot of hours. My father worked a lot of hours. Um, I had both parents in my life, but it was still difficult to see that everybody was working all the time, all the time, all the time. And you had these two weekend days that you had to split up between parents because everybody was was working during the week. And, and, and you know, Saturday is spent with one, Sunday is spent with the other. And that that's that's difficult as well. Can I ask, yes. yeah, Rochelle, can I ask you maybe like uh, for... So I think I think you teach our students, you know, many of our students are around the poverty line. You know, Mm -hmm. they're somewhere between 100 percent, 200 percent of the poverty line. Everybody says work harder, work faster. But the system is so hard to navigate. It's difficult Mm -hmm. to get assistance. It's difficult to get help. Many things are stacked up against them. What, what what singular advice can you give them that's tangible advice that's not work hard, work faster, work longer to to get through some of the initial heartache and, and grief that they go through? Yeah, that's a good one. I think that there's, there's, there's a few different things. I think that one is um, know your resources. And it's hard for them to know. They don't know how to get resources, where to begin. Um, and I think that is just something that if you're, if you're in school and if you're at Ross, that's something that I always um, 
kept in the front of my mind of what are resources for these students? I need to be up on my resource game. I need to know all the resources so I could pass it on to them because there are resources, but we just don't know what they are. So I think that we had to, we have to know what the resources are to help them. Um, I think that, you know, when it's difficult, when you're, when you're from a certain, um, maybe from a certain area or don't really know how to navigate through the system and where those um, resources are. I think it's easy to just fall down and just say, I can't do this. Um, And it's easy for us to say, you can, this is what you need to do. You can. And I think it's, it's just something that, we have to try to instill in people. We have to, they have to, um, it's, it's a network of people that are here to help. And I think that within school, within Ross, I think that there is that, there are those instructors, there is that network, there are those resources that can help you. But I think that we have to help people understand where they are because you don't know, you have no idea where to find them. So you talked about having the Bronson Corner uh, how did you describe Bronson from a workplace point of view? So from a workplace point of view, I feel that there are so many, it's just, there's so many avenues within Bronson. There are so many different places that you can work. There's from the ED department. Well, for even for the ED department, there's students now that um, as a medical assistant, you can work in the ED, ED department. You, before you, that wasn't an option. Now, it is an option that if you want to do that fast paced 12 hour work three days a week, or you can work in a specialty office, you can work in a um, just a family practice office. There's so many different avenues within Bronson that medical assistance or any medical professional has um, working with your own providers or working with you know, one person working with two providers. There's so many different options. What about resources and training? You know, some of our students really lack adequate transportation. Sometimes they rely heavily on bus and and public transportation. Uh, Some of them are really transitioning from immediately from um, trying to raise a child to getting back to work. You know, what resources do you provide uh, new hires overall, but especially, you know, entry level healthcare? Yeah. So at Bronson, we do have um, we have bus passes. That's something that we try to let every um, new employee know. And I think sometimes it when they don't have rides, it prevents people from even applying. So that's something that I try to do even before students come. I just try to say, hey, we do have bus tokens or bus passes for you. Um, there are, we have housing resources. We have resources for if you're behind on your electric bill, water bill, um, anything that you are behind. We have therapists. There's so many things that a lot of people don't know about that I try to let them know now. As an instructor working at Bronson, these are the things that I see and these are the things that I know. And I can I know some of the students are in, um, have certain issues going on. So I try to tap into that and let them know these are things that we have that can help you. Okay. Do the, how do people know about it? Like, um, you know, do you have a brochures? Do you have something that the students can become aware of? So there are brochures um, and there are 
things that once you start there, it's in your work day. But a lot of people don't understand how to get to it. That's why we do have people that are out that are I go to the practices all the time. I visit with the new medical assistants um, and try to let them know, just try to keep them up on. Hey, if you're ever having problems, this is where you need to go. Um, This is how you need to get there because we want them to know because, you know, we have people that do leave. And once you figure out why they left, a lot of people do leave because they didn't have certain resources. They were maybe getting evicted or maybe they needed to find a new job because they were way behind on this or they didn't have a car. So we want to let them know before they come. And then as soon as they get there, we want to just keep letting them know these resources that we have. Okay. Like when you meet with our students, uh, Ross, do you walk them through all these resources? So I don't walk them through them. I just tell them that we have resources and I tell them the things that we have resources for. And I do let them know because it's so much to take in. And I do let them know if you get to a point where you need any resource, any resource for any, any issue, if you're going through anything, do not think, oh, well, Ms. Hoskin didn't say that. Just make sure you reach out reach out to me, reach out. And I gave them, and they know there's another, there's there's another person that comes to Ross with me as well. She's from our talent acquisitions. Um, and she's, she's a person that I give them her, um, her email and they can reach out to either of us. And if there's something that you're going through, we can find a resource for you. So this kind of is a good segue about students who are not at Ross or anywhere for that matter, but are considering a career as an entry level healthcare, whether MA or, or patient care, dental assisting. Uh, what advice do you give students who are in the early process as they're thinking about entry level healthcare job? Um, oh, the advice that I would give them is, um, figure out what it is that you want to do. Stick to that because there's a lot of people that I see and I hear from, they wanted to do, um, phlebotomy, but they said, no, we got talked into this or they wanted to do dental. And they said, no, we got to talk, know what you want to do and stick with that because healthcare is I mean, there are so many jobs available. There are so many jobs available. And I think that going to a um, place like Ross or going to a school like Ross with those smaller classrooms, with those, you know, those you have an instructor, you have a TA. Those are things that if you if you have a question, if you're thinking maybe this isn't a career for you, if you're in dental, talk to them. See, oh, I really, I really like what they're doing over there in the medical class. I advise them to go with their gut, go with what you're feeling. If you want to move from dental to MA or MA to dental, then there's something that you there's there, there's a conversation that could be had about that. Does Bronson allow like high school grads to shadow or get so early? So that's something that we're in talks about now. Okay. to allow um, high school grads um, to be able to shadow. So that's for the students who are thinking about it. How about students that are already enrolled, they're about ready to graduate. What advice do you give them? So if you're you're already enrolled in... In an entry Ross. level, like at Ross or KVCC or whatever community college, uh, in an entry level uh, program, what advice would you give them as they tr- start to prepare for graduation and looking for a job? So my advice would be to, well, hopefully they've kind of thought about what they wanted to do. And just because you, 
you're fixated on one thing doesn't mean you need to stay there. My advice to them is figure out you're young enough to, to, to figure out what you want to do. There's different ways to get there. There's different things you can do. My advice would be to figure it out. You don't have to just stick with one thing. You're, you're young enough to say, you know, I don't know if I want this and, and speak up for what you believe that is in your heart that you want to do and go for it. Don't wait. Just do it. So I know you're not in talent acquisition, but you work closely with them. What would you tell students who are now searching for a job? Uh, what would you tell them about the interview process? What do you tell them about resumes? What do you tell them do's and don'ts, uh, key questions to ask, things to be prepared for? So um, I would to get ready for the interview process, I would definitely t- tell them to have a updated resume. And your email name, please be professional. Have a cover letter. That's something that a lot of people don't think about. Have a cover letter because wherever you're applying for, it's good to have a cover letter for that position itself. And once you get once you go to the interview, um, make sure that you are asking the questions at the end of the interview or, or whenever the time is of how the office is because students don't under people don't understand the interview is not just for them to hire you. It's for you to to go there as well. You want to make sure this place is a good fit for you. So have questions, write down questions, go to their, I tell students all the time, go to their website, see what the place is about, see what their, you know, their key statements are. See, look at all of that and see, do I belong here? And then when you interview, if there's things that you agree with from their website, from their mission statement, then you can you can talk about those things because that way they know that you've done your homework and that way you know that you've done your homework, that you would like to work at this place. So I always tell students to, or anyone to look at the website, make sure you know what their mission statement is, make sure you understand what they're about, what their organization is about. And then there's some, some of those things you can, you can talk about in your interview and then ask questions, um, ask for a card at the end of the interview. People always forget to do that. Ask for a card. Um, and then please do a thank you after one, please. <laughs> uh, Rochelle, to wrap this up, you touched base on it, but I'd like you to maybe revisit uh, revisit it a bit. It's, you know, our students sometimes are focused on salary, you know, how much money I'm going to make. They're really trying to get out of poverty in many, many instances. But what, what do you advise them to consider outside of money, which is incredibly important, but outside of money, what areas would you advise them to consider as they choose that first job coming out of school? Does it make you happy? Does it make you feel good? Because I have students now that work in the factory and they talk about, well, I make $25 and then I make this and I make that. But we talk about how often are you working? How often are you at home spending time with with what makes you happy. So I I try to put that into, you may not make $25 starting off, but does it make you happy? Does the work make you feel good? You're working banker's hours. It's not, it's not always about the pay. It's, it's, I mean, I said, you may take a pay cut, but how are you feeling? Are you happy? 
know, after. So and the, yeah, and the benefits usually tend to be much much better as well. We'll talk so. about those too. The yeah. benefits you have. We have so many resources, like I named earlier. We have if you do work on a Saturday, you do work. You may get you know you're going to get some overtime, and you have great benefits where you can insure yourself, your kids, and you have vision, you have dental, you have all of these things, and it's at a reasonable price. You have a four hundred one k and or four hundred three b. So we talk about all of these things. Yeah. Well, Rochelle, I want to thank you so much for your time and um, appreciate you being such a huge advocate for our students. Thank you so much for your time. Great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity.